Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. So come one, come all, and join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Truckers Podcast, the Saturday evening show, November the 21st, 2020. I hope everybody out there had a terrific Saturday. I hope everybody is out there doing their part and staying safe. So I hope you enjoyed um, my morning show this morning. And of course, we're going to get those thank yous out there to all of our essential workers and our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses and our paramedics and our police and our fire department. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And also thank you for my listeners and my guests and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Now, as you know, As I mentioned this morning, um, about the uh, lockdown that is coming and starting Monday morning in the city of Toronto and the Peel region. a necessary lockdown. You know, because we're just not getting it. And now Manitoba Canada has imposed the strictest rules here in Canada in part that only essential items can be purchased in store. Non-essential items you will have to buy online for curbside pickup. Now that, you know, is a tough pill to swallow. For some, that's not possible to do online shopping. meaning that they don't have access to the internet or they don't have a credit card 
in order to purchase things online or that, you know, they, they, they don't have, you know, internet. Hey, welcome to the Truckers Podcast. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me this evening. I'm just out here mentioning uh, a few things that uh, is going on here in Canada and that uh, the province of Manitoba has um, imposed probably the uh, strictest uh, rules to deal with this pandemic. And that means only essential items can be purchased in store. Any non-essential items, you'll have to order online for curbside pickup. And of course, starting Monday morning, the city of Toronto, Ontario, in the Peel region of Ontario, is going into lockdown. So the government, the Ontario government, is sending a clear message. Now our our premier of Ontario has been out front, in front of the cameras, behind the microphone, every single day since the beginning of this pandemic. Whether he was imposing new restrictions or lifting restrictions, he was out there every day pleading with every Ontarian to follow the mandated rules. And of course, like everywhere else around the world, there's always people out there that simply don't want to listen. You know, most children, most children listen. When we tell them something or we ask them to do something, most children listen. So why don't all adults listen? Because we're the adults, right? Most children listen better than adults do. But who are we going to blame for these lockdowns? What about all the adults out there who are listening and they live in the city of Toronto and they live in the Peel region in Manitoba and yes, they're facing these more stricter restrictions. So who do we blame for that? Do we blame the people out there who's not listening? We say that this is your fault. Because there's consequences for every action. Just like when you're growing up when you're a kid. You acted up, you acted out. There was consequences for your actions. You were either grounded or spanked or both.
Now, for those out there who don't simply just want to listen with these new band, uh, mandated rules, this is your punishment. But all the other good folks out there have to suffer because of your bad behaviors. My father, when something happened when we were kids and nobody admitted to it, then the consequences were you were all going to be punished until someone speaks up. And the struggles continue economically and financially. Here across this province of Ontario, and not all provinces have implemented the same rules. As here in Ontario, we have a, a color-coded system. We have the, the green protect, the yellow protect, the orange protect, and the red protect. And the next one is lockdown. Another region here in Ontario is the Waterloo region. They're in the red protect. They are one step away from a lockdown. Now we've been asked, we've been asked nicely. We're asked every single day just to follow the simple Because the only tools that we have right now, and I and you know, I and I and I say this and I sound like a broken record. And that is wear a mask, social distance, sanitize your hands, do not gather in large groups. And yet some people out there just think that life is normal. This is a free for all. I don't have to listen to the government. I don't have to listen to the, the medical people. Like I said, there's consequences to your actions. Welcome to the Tucker's podcast. Thank you for joining me. How are you? Light bright. Nice to have you back on the show this evening. So, as changes are coming across this province, across this country of Canada, you know, the, the, the premiers, you know, they, they have all given us ample chances. Now, I was reading an article after my show uh, this morning, and and uh, those who have listened to my show before uh, about these anti-maskers, these anti-marches, and, and one in particular uh, was in Elmer, Ontario, and it's just a small community. And people from uh, outside of that community, Ontario, uh, people came from Toronto. They came from all over for this anti-march. There is a pastor um, who is against all these rules. He's telling his followers 
that the government and the health professionals are lying to them. He was asked today to basically don't hold large church gatherings. What's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, is this. He was asked just to volunteer that. What is going to happen is when you have to make somebody raise their hand, the sanctions are going to come down hard. For a pastor to be denouncing the rules and regulations is beyond me. But he has followers like everybody else does, like any minister or priest. But he's part of the problem, not part of the solution. I don't know, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how or why anybody would come out and, and denounce what is going on around the world. In case you haven't heard, Donald Trump Jr has COVID-19. Donald Trump's eldest son. At one point in time, he was questioning the death toll numbers in the United States. That they were unfounded. And now, he is in self-isolation. He has taken that role on. He was going to take a vacation with his son, but then he tested positive. And now he's staying away from everybody. It sounds to me that he's taking this seriously. So kudos to Donald Trump Jr. I don't wish anybody ill. I hope he recovers. Now, today also um, was a day that the G20 got together, not in person, but they got together to discuss issues that are going on in and around the world. And Donald Trump was in, in that meeting briefly until they got to the pandemic. Where Donald Trump thought, well, this is a good time to go golfing. So that's what Donald Trump did. He was on the golf course this afternoon when he still should have been in that meeting with the other G20 countries. So it just goes to tell you that he has no interest in this pandemic. Because we all know he's downplayed it right from the get-go. All he is worried about is himself. All he is worried about is trying to win this election, which is impossible for him to do.
This is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you put a disgruntled kid in big boy pants. When they don't get their own way, they have a tantrum. It's a good thing, though, too, that we have fact checkers out there. And it's a good thing that, you know, in the United States that they have people, professional people who are involved in the political aspect of the United States. at least they know what they're doing. Pence, the, v, the vice president, is, final, is following Donald Trump's lead. Then, of course, you have Giuliani. Oh, by the way, his son tested positive for COVID-19. So Giuliani is self-isolating as well. So I don't know who Donald Trump is going to put his in place of him to go out and um, court challenges of these of these false claims. I don't know who Donald Trump has in, in mind for that. So fact checking. That's an important thing to do. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't believe something. So In a wild tangent filled in Optus contentious press briefing led by President Donald Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, Trump's campaign legal team laid out its case for widespread voter fraud in the election. Now that's, you know, they're doing this every day, every day, but it's only widespread fraud on the Democrat side. Not the Republican side. God forbid that would ever happen. Only in the states where Donald Trump won in 2016 where he has lost in 2020. And why do you think that is? In the first time in America history, you had somewhere around 160 million people go out and vote. Never seen before. There must have been a lot of upset voters this time around. Now, it may be that there, there were Republicans who had a change of heart and they voted for Joe Biden. It happens here in Canada. You know, four years of someone leading the country, you know, eventually someone's going to get fed up and say, this is not what you said you were going to do. I'm going to vote for the other guy the next time. And, and, you know, I may be wrong. You know, maybe just Republicans voted for Republicans and Democrats voted for Democrats. Who knows? 
I mean, the diehard Republicans obviously voted for Republicans, and, and, and same with the Democrats. So, you know, you're calling all these voters in, in these in these in these states that Donald Trump wants turned over and wants all those votes put over to his side. I mean, that simply just can't be done. But here today, A federal judge tosses Trump's suit over the Pennsylvania elections results. Pennsylvania. Well, I guess Trump doesn't get those votes. Oh well, Donald Trump. I don't know what he's trying to prove. I really don't know. He's certainly making it difficult for a lot of people. He was making it hard on himself because let's say for hypothetically that Donald Trump decides to run in 2024 and people weren't happy with Biden, even as Democrats, and maybe they decide to vote Republican. But then why would you vote for somebody like Donald Trump? You see what he's doing. The whole world sees what he's doing. Now, if I were an American and I seen my president acting the way that he is, whether I'm a Republican or a Democrat, I would be just, just I'd be disgusted. And I'm sure there's Republicans out there who are just scratching their head. I don't paint people with one brush, ladies and gentlemen. There's gotta be there's gotta be Republicans out there that are thinking that this is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean voters. Like, come on. What is going on in the United States right now, Donald Trump, you know, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Donald Trump is out golfing. I don't know if you've seen the news lately. You've seen Dallas, Texas, where there's just endless lineups for the food bank. And it's happening in other states. And it's going to continue to happen. Because he's too busy golfing, not worrying about the economy, not worrying about the pandemic. He's insulting so many people. He's letting down the entire United States of America. Today, the United States just passed 12 million in infected cases of COVID-19. And you have your Thanksgiving coming up. And 
you know, the CDC is asking people, please don't travel. Stay home. And yet people are going to do it anyway. You know, when Donald Trump tested positive for the COVID-19, he was actually asymptomatic. He had no symptoms. But he went and got tested because after all this campaigning and running around for his father and everything like that, he was going to take a break. So he just went and got tested. He had no idea he had COVID. And that's the other problem that we face. That people don't show the symptoms but they're a carrier. So kudos to Donald Trump Jr. for taking the responsibility just to go get tested and to make sure. And then just to find out that he tests positive. And that's why it's so important not to be gathering in large groups. Stay within your family's boundaries. Now, Back to where I left off. So when I was mentioning here about Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, you know, he's out there um, laid out its case for widespread voter fraud in the election. The roughly 90-minute briefing was overflowing with falsehoods and conspiracy theories. Well, I guess there's no falsehoods or conspiracy theories in Pennsylvania. Because the judge threw that case out. That's a huge one. That's a huge blow for Donald Trump. Donald Trump needed Pennsylvania. And then there's Michigan. Which they are going to certify those votes on Monday. You know, and, 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 and just all this baseless stuff. I mean, people out there believe it. I mean, that's your right. Believe what you want. You know, just believe what you want. So at no point did Trump's legal team offer any proof for their allegations of widespread fraud. So... Many of the specific claims have already been refuted by federal election security experts in a wide bipartisan array of election administrations or administrators across the country. And here's a look at some of the top claims made during the briefing and the facts around them. Certification in Wayne County. Juliana said the Trump campaign withdrew one case in Michigan because his goal was to get the Wayne County Board to 
decertify, and they did. Facts first, this is false. The county results were certified on Tuesday night. Two Republican members of the board initially deadlocked the vote, but then reversed their decision and voted to clear the certified Tuesday night. They have since sent in affidavits to rescind their vote, but have not filed any lawsuits to try to force the county to call a new meeting. Since the deadline has passed, the certification still stands. One of the reasons why the Republicans did not certify in Wayne County, Michigan, was because the the overvote was so high, Juliana claimed, he added, what I'm describing to you is massive fraud. Here's the fact, this is false. What Juliana called an overvote is often referred to as an imbalance where the number of ballots tabulated does not equal the number of people signed into vote at a specific polling station. Past elections in Michigan with larger imbalances have been certified without issue, including in 2016 when Trump won the state. So what's the difference now? The difference now is Donald Trump lost the state. That's the difference. You know, I don't know if Donald Trump, you know, when he was growing up, if he was told, you can't win all the time. We would want to, right? You want to be, you want to be that champion. You want to win everything all the time. But you, but you know, you know, at some point in time, you're going to lose. And you're going to lose with grace. But Donald Trump doesn't lose with grace. See, because he can't stand losing. This is what happens to some people, not all people, but some people who are born with a silver spoon in their mouth. This is what happens to some people when you get everything handed to you and you think that's the way it is. And for some of those people, there is no time for losing. It's actually quite sad. It's pretty pathetic. And they go on to say here, there are many reasons a precinct could be out of balance and have a discrepancy between the number of ballots cast and the number of people registered into the poll book, according to this Chris Thomas, who served as a, a senior advisor to the city, to the Detroit city clerk, who has built a decades long career serving both Republicans and Democrats Secretaries of State said that in general, though, his many years of experience in imbalance should be viewed as clerical mistakes and not fraud. Welcome to my guests who are coming on my show. I'm looking at two screens here. I'm looking at my monitor on my laptop and I'm looking at my monitor to my left. So 
going. Catching people coming out of the corner of my eye. I welcome you to the show. So when it comes to the poll watchers, Juliana claimed that more than 600,000 ballots in Pennsylvania weren't inspected, which rendered them ballots that are null and void. Six hundred thousand of them. In fact, this is false. There's nothing that is illegitimate about these ballots. A Pennsylvania Supreme Court justice decided that the Philadelphia County Board of Elections complied with the law and how it allowed observers access the canvassing process. I mean, you mean to tell me that that the poll watchers have to be right up over your shoulder, looking at you open up the envelope, making you pull out the inside envelope and that sleeve and pull out the ballot and make sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and the signature there? It'd still be counting today. The law allows the observers to be present, but they do not have the right to inspect or look over the shoulders of the workers counting the ballots. The judge ruled canvas watchers in Philadelphia cannot challenge ballots, ballots and don't need to inspect each individual signature. You ever notice that? Yeah, observers, exactly. So you ever notice like even I, I notice myself um, when I sign documents that you know ten years ago my signature is different than from today. Maybe because I just get lazy and sloppy with my handwriting. So as a registered voter, they check my signature from when I registered whenever, and they go, oh, that's not your signature. Oh, yes, it is. See, but how we vote here in Canada is that once you registered as a a voter, when you go to the polling stations, you have to bring a piece of identification with your photo. And a piece of identification of your address and a bill with your name on it. That's all I need to vote. So Juliana falsely claimed that mail-in ballots are prone to fraud. Facts first. Time and time again, that mail-in ballots are safe from or a safe form of voting and not subject to widespread fraud. These are simple mail-in ballots from certified voters because they felt they didn't want to go out 
and maybe expose themselves to COVID. So you have that available to you. We have mail-in ballots available here in Canada. I can go and mail it in. I can vote early. I can I can you know vote however I want. Does that make does that make my vote fraudulent? No. Does it make it fraudulent? You know, at one point, Juliana suggested that the U.S. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito intervened in Pennsylvania and told the state that any ballot that comes in after 8 o'clock on November the 3rd, 2020, had to be put aside and not opened. It's false. It's false for Julianne to claim that this judge ordered these counties not to open ballots received after 8 p.m. on the election day. Instead, the judge directed the county boards of elections to allow the guidance issued by Pennsylvania Secretary of State, which called for the segregating ballots arriving November 4th through the 6th to keep them separate even if they were counted. Now what Juliana said. Juliana, Giuliani, I don't know. So, there's all this speculation and, and everything you know, I ask, and I ask myself, when is Donald Trump going to give up? When is he going to think that, you know, these, these votes are not going to be handed over to him? What is he trying to rewrite? Constitution? I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I, you know, I really don't know. And, and, and it's funny that, you know, that the United States election is the most watched worldwide. We here in Canada know as much about your elections as you do. We're your next door neighbor. And you know, when I, you know, watch what is going on, I can actually decipher what's what's wrong and what's right. And then when I'm watching the news, and like I said, you know what? You, you, you can vote for however you want. That's your right. And when, when, when these people are being asked about the election, do you feel that the election was stolen? And they say yes. And I'm left thinking to myself, how do you even come to that conclusion? But that is your right to come to that, that conclusion for whatever reasons that you have. Maybe, maybe someday the United States won't be so divided.
maybe someday that there will be a president of the United States that can narrow that gap and maybe someday it'll be the United States of America. I guess we'll have to wait for that someday. I don't know what Donald Trump is afraid of. I really don't know what he's afraid of. I don't understand why even in his own party and in the Senate that they follow Donald Trump's lead I don't know what they're afraid of. Are they afraid of Donald Trump? Are they afraid of authoritarians? Because it seems to me that if someone doesn't follow Donald Trump's lead, they're fired. Strange. How can you be in politics and, and swear and uphold the oath that you promised to protect and be afraid? I'm sure pretty much on, on both sides with Republicans and Democrats, you know, you got to be getting fed up. You know, this is on the news every single day. The pandemic is on the news every single day. You can't turn to any station. It doesn't matter where you go. What, station you put your TV on. It's your election and it's the pandemic. I don't know. I mean, even here in Canada, we are not that divided. I don't know. Our democracy is the same. I don't know. Maybe Canadians are just different when it comes to our elections. Like I say, I'm not always happy, you know, with uh, the Prime Minister of Canada. See, a long time ago, when I turned the age of 18, and that was the age to vote, and really wasn't sure, you know, who, who to follow and stuff. This is all new to me, you know. So I chose a party. I thought, okay, I'm going to go with this party. And it was the conservative party. Every election, win or lose, I voted for the Conservative Party. 
but we never heard if the prime minister who was in power was then voted out. This nonsense, what is going on in the United States, has never ever happened here in Canada. Ever. If we had a prime minister that acted like Donald Trump throughout his term, the House of Commons would have a non confident vote. And if that non confident vote went through, then the prime minister would have to go to the attorney general and the attorney general would dissolve parliament, would dissolve the government, which then means an election would be called. And that doesn't matter if the prime minister was in his first term, second or third or fourth. See, in the United States, correct me if I'm wrong, if, if a president does something wrong and they feel that he should be impeached, then you have to go for the vote on the impeachment and all this stuff. But it seems to me that they never leave office. Nixon left on his own. See what happens here in Canada, once the government is dissolved, then we have an election. And what happens is that prime minister who they thought, you know, wasn't capable of running the country, could actually be voted back in again by the people. Or he could just lose the election altogether and a new party takes over. So in all the years of my voting, I was becoming really unhappy with the party that I was voting for. They just weren't doing it for me anymore. You know, and I get it. I mean, politicians make promises all the time. I mean, hundreds of promises. And they can't keep them all. But the ones that they can, they sometimes don't, and we get disgruntled. So I say to myself, self, you're really unhappy with this party, you're unhappy with this prime minister. They're gonna to have to change sides. And which I did four years ago. Am I happier now? Am I happy with my with my choice? Sure I am. But it's your right to to stay Republican and it's your right to stay Democratic. It's your right to change from Democratic to Republican, vice versa. Who knows if that happened in the United States? Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But when it comes to voting, we have a choice. And we, the people, say who gets elected. Not the President of the United States, not the Prime Minister of Canada or any country, unless, you know, it's Russia, communist countries, where you don't have a say. So you should be blessed that, that it's not that way. Everybody knows 
that this election is over. I tried to find that fax, but I can't find it anywhere. I lost mine. Maybe someone has another copy that they could fax over to the White House for Donald Trump. There's absolutely no reason to make this hard on Joe Biden. Absolutely no reason whatsoever for any political for any political party. Just have to wait and and, and uh, see what's up Donald Trump's sleeves in the coming weeks, leading up to the point in time of January the twentieth, where Joe Biden is sworn in as the forty-sixth president of the United States. And just let you know. Canada still loves you. We do. You are our friends. Each to their own. Like I say, each to their own. That's okay. I'm sure everybody can read it on here. It comes up on your on your held hand device too. So I just wish you all the best. I really do. You know, because Canada and the United States, you know, um, we're closer than you think. What happens politically in the United States, because our economies are so intertwined, affects Canada as well. And that we have a government here in Canada that looks out for the best interest for all Canadians. And that both political platforms stay focused on what really matters to both Canada and the United States and the people of Canada and the people of the United States. Because the trade goes both ways. We have the biggest and the most important trading between both countries in the entire world. We are connected more than you think. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for coming out and joining me here on the Trucker Podcast. Whereas your comments are always welcome. You're welcome anytime on my show. And that you're always appreciated here on the Trucker Podcast. And I hope you're, and, and of course, you're always appreciated by everyone that you know, your family and your friends. So let's get those thank yous out there to our, how about, not just our essential workers, but all the workers, 
including the essential workers and our doctors and our nurses and our paramedics and our police and our fire departments. I thank you every day for the job that you do day in and day out. And thank you to my listeners and my guests and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Jeez, that was a standing ovation. Wow. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we will rock out the rest of the Truckers Podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Have a great evening, everybody, and take care.